Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week we're happy to welcome Florida Teacher of the Year, Dre Graham, the music instructor from King High School in Hillsborough County. We are going to talk with him a little bit about what it means to be a teacher, what's the importance of being Teacher of the Year, and whether he actually knew that getting the honor means not teaching for an entire year. Let's take a listen. Dr. Graham, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to meet with me and talk on our podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You have been Teacher of the Year for, what, a week now? But I have heard great things about you for a long time from teachers, people out here in the school lobby. I was here visiting while waiting for you, and they were saying that, you know, you're the real deal. So, I mean, <laughs> congratulations on that, too. It's really fantastic. Thank you. Thank were, you so much. Were you surprised at all to get the news? I read that you were psyching yourself down. <laughs> yeah, it was a complete surprise. You know, being even being considered top five was absolutely incredible. But having the opportunity to meet the other four candidates and really build a relationship with them and getting a glimpse of, into their classrooms and seeing the way that they do everything and the, the way that they interact with their kids and the way that they build relationships was just, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. And it was one of those things where I, I try and always remember to remain humble and, and that it's... I, Everybody works as hard as I do. There, there's nothing that I do, or at least I don't think there's anything exceptional that I do where I'm putting any more into my profession than these other phenomenal teachers. And it's just one of those things where it I, it could have been any of us. And that reminder of, hey, remember, you're, you are in this group of incredible educators. Any of us would be a phenomenal ambassador for the profession to the state and to the country. And so it... It wasn't that, like, I definitely, it's not one of those things where, like, oh, it's me, it's got to be me, because it definitely could have been anybody else. And so it's just kind of that reminder that it, you're here for a reason, but it could be anybody at all. And so, yeah, we got we got to the night, and we're getting up there, and I'm like, you know, it's okay. Like, if it's somebody else, it's quite all right. You've been allowed this platform, or you've gotten to this point, and you're representing King High School in Hillsborough County as a top five finalist, and that's all, that's, it's just, the journey has already been so incredible and so rewarding that it's okay if you don't, if you don't win. Like, you know, you know Shane, and you know Nikki, and you know Megan, and you know Leanne, and you know what kind of educators and people they are, and just the fact that we are, we affectionately call ourselves the Wolf Pack, and so it's like we are, we really had a, we were able to create some incredible relationships and a family within us, and so we would all be genuinely excited for any of the five of us who got it. So it's just kind of that reminder that kept playing in my head. But now I'm going to pick up one of the words that you mentioned, ambassador. And I was wondering about that because now you are basically leaving the classroom at a time when they're saying you're the best teacher. You know, you're a fantastic <laughs> teacher. You work well with kids. You have a, this passion and this drive. What does it mean to you to now not be doing that because you're going around talking about being a teacher instead? Yeah, it that is been very difficult for me to deal with and one of the difference between me and other classroom teachers is that we start band camp and things in in the summer and so I found out about what was happening or found out who won on Thursday and then the following Monday I've got my first day of band camp so it, it's been an absolute whirlwind what did the kids say oh they 
Uh, honestly, it has been overwhelmingly positive. I had another student contact me yesterday and they're like, we just want you to know that we are so incredibly proud of you and how other people are acknowledging the hard work and the person that we see every day. We now get a chance to share you with everybody. It's like, yeah, it's hard and we're going to miss you and, and whatnot, but we are, we don't want you to think that we, it goes unnoticed just how much you work hard and how proud we are of all the work that you do. So that hearing that kind of feedback from them obviously puts me in a much better place to serve as an ambassador. And I try and keep the main thing, the main thing, just my main focus is what am I doing to give back and elicit for the best atmosphere and learning environment for, for the students. And so when I look at this as being an ambassador position, this is an opportunity for me to elicit the same change that I've been able to do in my school, in my community, in my classroom on a much larger scale. And so it's I don't look at it as me just talking about, about education and what I do in my classroom, but giving a chance to provide some some supports and things and for other teachers. And that's kind of one of one of my platforms for moving forward is collective equity. We talk about providing equity with our students and meeting them where they're at, providing high expectations, but then that supplemental support so that they achieve those high expectations. But what are we doing for the teachers in order to provide them with that same those same steps and those same supports as we do our students? We we those teachers with those lower evaluation scores, what kind of um, supports are we providing them to bring them up to our high expectations as administrators so that in turn they can provide a quality experience for all of their students. And ultimately that's where I come into play is providing opportunities, providing that voice for our profession to speak on the things that we need so that ultimately we're eliciting the best responses, the best atmosphere, the best situations for our students. Why did you become a teacher? It sounds like you're obviously got a lot of things in your head about what you want to see teachers be and do but why did you go down that path i mean you're a musician you could have been a musician people always look up at musicians right <laughs> yeah they really it's one person who was responsible for me wanting to be a teacher that was my high school band director yeah sherry sleeper just it the interactions the 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 role model that she presented for me whenever i was in high school here at king it just it, it it helped me to realize that my, my, my goal, my desire, my passion, my ministry is to continue to positively impact the next generation of world changers and see, see them grow and be able to, to, to have some small role in their development into these incredible humans. And it's just kind of been one of those things that I've been successful at, whether it be music. I also have taught karate for a number of years. I've had private students there who have traveled around been previous world champions wow. and different things like that. So it's always that that teaching piece has come naturally. And it's been in all the things that I've done and, and the many lives that I feel like I've lived at this point in time, It that's the one thing I keep coming back to is being able to kind of step back and in the background, see the how, how my work into different areas has played out in making other people's lives better and, and, and that influence. And it's not it's never for, oh, hey, look what I did, look what I did. It was like, look at what awesome things they're doing now mm-hmm. because I had the opportunity to play a small role in, in what in what they're doing in their growth Not a small role. So. Not a small role. <laughs> we see teachers as very important because, what, you see our kids more than we do. Right. You're right. <laughs> but what about music? And, you know, we always hear about the importance of the arts mm-hmm. in education, and, and you embody that. I mean, a lot of schools – scale back that first how important is it that music and arts 
are a part of our children's education as opposed to just this well-rounded education, whatever it looks like, as long as you're reaching kids right. and helping them. It, it's funny because I could approach this answer in so many different directions, but you mentioned the word well-rounded. And I think it's important that we understand that a well-rounded, balanced education includes the arts because that is something that is uniquely human. There, are, You don't see, I mean, we hear about whales and their songs and the, the ways that dolphins communicate, but you don't see tigers painting pictures. You don't, you don't see uh, monkeys who are playing instruments in such a way that it moves you to tears. And that's, that's a, it's a thing that is innately, it's a part of who we are, it's a part of our makeup. And so to say that that has nothing to do with our development or to pull that back and say that we are supposed to be more automatons and we're only doing maths and sciences and things like that is to deny our, our nature as humans. And I think whenever you start talking about the way that we live and the incorporation of different elements, we don't do anything without music. We, every movie that you watch has some type of music in it. When we walk through the stores and we're shopping, there are different types of music that are used to elicit different responses. I mean, it, music is so ingrained into our DNA that it is vital to the way that we, not only the way we learn, but the way that our kind of processes function. Uh, my dissertation actually had to deal with uh, music instruction and its effect or lack of effect on different cognitive processes. And so one of the results that we had, and there are a number of other, uh, other researches out there that are demonstrating this as well, is that students with, who are receiving formal music instruction are demonstrating a, a faster processing in terms of your, their uh, processing speed and planning and working memory are functioning differently than those who aren't receiving that same music instruction. And we hear the common misconception that, oh, students in, in music classes are smarter kids. Well, no, it's not that they're smarter kids. There are certain kids who are flocking towards music, but it's music allows you to think in different ways. Mm -hmm. And it, it allows you to be able to make those stronger connections. And it focuses on the integration of different cognitive processes versus taking different processes and looking at them in terms of silos where you're only dealing with this process and you're only dealing with this process. But music and the participation in music requires an overlapping of all these processes. And I've always so, looked at music and math as very connected. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's kind of one of the, the obvious ones. But we don't look at the fact that music and social studies is also incredibly connected, music and psychology. And so something that we do, at least in, in our classroom, I know a number of other directors that I have the opportunity to learn from also do this. But when we're talking about a piece that's written specifically, so I'll use LG for Young Americans written in honor of the assassination, well, not in honor of the assassination, but the life of JFK. I look at a movement for Rosa by Mark Camphouse that's written about the life of Rosa Parks. Uh, the way that they compose these pieces and the way that that they are communicating when they're expressed through the performance of, of live instrumentation, uh, there are specific feelings and emotions that are being pulled out of there because of how they are, how they're, how they're being performed. But then there are also very specific elements within the piece that are used to demonstrate and illustrate different things happening within society. That piece I mentioned, the LG for young American is written and it's about the five stages of grief. So it's not just how those stages are expressed within uh, JFK's family, but also as a nation of losing their president. You look at Rosa Parks, and there's a quote in there for the hymn, We Shall Overcome. And then it ends in this beautiful, pretty chord, but then all of a sudden it, it adds this dissonance. And so we had some really great classroom discussion about, well, how is this a reflection of society today? 
and our inter-ethnicity relationships. And so, I mean, there, there are so many things that music touches on that it gives them the opportunity not just to be, it's not just a music class. We're incorporating all the other subjects as well. It sounds like a class I need to take. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome. So that's great. Uh, how do you get other teachers and, and students who may not think about it that way to be on board with that? I mean, what's your message to those people? I mean, you articulate it so well right here, but I mean, do you have like a simple message that you say like, hey, come take music because or teach music in your class because? I, I feel like it's always easier to experience it than it is. I can tell you till you're till I'm blue in the face about why something's great, but until you have the opportunity to really do it or, or you're getting involved with it, then, then it doesn't, it, it loses its effect. And that's one of the great things about our county. We've got what's called the wheel. So at some point in time, every student that has come through Hillsborough County has played an instrument, even if just for a few weeks. So they've been exposed to it. Uh, in terms of the teacher side of things, I'll go to other teachers. I'll say, hey, what are you, what are, what's on the plan this year? What, what are some things that you have in your curriculum that you're studying? And they say, oh, well, you know, this year we're going to read the poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. Really, that there's a piece that I want to play that is literally, it's written about the poem. So can you let me know when you're doing that poem? And we're going to, well, that way we can have some side-by-side -side learning happening in both of our classrooms and we can incorporate it. And so we have those students who are in that class. All right, guys, today we've been working on this piece. So-and-so is going to read the poem in the in the manner that they've been reading it in their classroom so that we really get an understanding of how it's going. And Go it's figure. You make connections, right? Correct. <laughs> make it all mean something. <laughs> yes, the applicable piece. <laughs> you, you make teaching come alive, but we hear so many people talk about why they don't want to be teachers anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you address that situation? I mean, you're going to be the ambassador, right? <laughs> to come back to that word. Yeah. It's like, what do we do about the teachers who are sick of being teachers for things that have nothing to do with what you're talking about, but all the paperwork and the, and the demands and the right. requirements? And that and that is that was my message at the district level, and I, I also mentioned it whenever I when I won the state level. And it's funny because this particular quote is what was used um, by the education association. Different things I saw somebody else took a picture of it and sent it to me. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And at the same time, so surreal that like my something I said in my acceptance speech is already kind of going viral. And what I mentioned was when, when the days seem long and the hours short, remember your why. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. I have always tried to have an intimate relationship with the reason why I'm doing this. And when your feet are on the ground and you're involved in a well-oiled machine that's been running for a decade and really I'm taking over for someone else who had a well-oiled machine and was highly, highly successful and respected and just kind of making it my own, it's really important that we remember why am I doing this? And so it's every day I get home and I see my five-year-old daughter and I pray that she has teachers who are as passionate about teaching as I am. And I look at my students who may not have both of their parents when they go home. They may not know where their next meal is, but they're passionate about being in our program because this is where their family is. And just remembering at the end of the day, why am I here? That constant reminder, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make a positive change in the lives of these students the same way that my teachers made a positive change in me. And so whatever reason that you were going into the educational field, it's important to remember that. Even when all the chips are down and things seem negative and, and no, this isn't going the way that you think it should and, oh, they're making these changes. Well, why are they adding this onto me? Well, you know, ultimately none of that matters because you didn't get into the field for all those other things. You got into the field for your why. And so it's ultimately, it is, it's so important, so vital to our success as educators and the success really of the world because no other professions exist without education. <laughs> but now you are looking at becoming an administrator, right? 
And I've actually heard people say that you should be the next superintendent of Hillsborough County Schools. <laughs> what do you think about that? I, I've also heard that uh, someone also said they could do a lot worse. <laughs> and I honestly, I just, I laugh at that because, and you know, I think it's important for, for me to remember, especially as I'm uh, stepping out into this new arena that I, I'm definitely not closing any doors and I'm being open to a lot of things. I, In terms of superintendent, I think that's really funny because I don't, as passionate as I am about teaching and about our profession, I don't know that I, I have the experience or the knowledge in terms of the upper administrative things that, that go into the politics and all that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, I might be a pretty face and, and say some really great things and, and be passionate from, from the ground side of things, but there's still a whole nother arena that I still have to learn about, which, and I mean, yes, I'm always up for learning and up for working. Um, a student of life, a constant lifelong learner. Uh, but yeah, administration is, it's there, it's an option. Um, but honestly, I don't know that my time is, is done with the students. And that was always my, that was what kept me going in the classroom. But now I'm being put in a different arena. So I, who's to know what's, what's next? What's going to happen to your band? Oh. <laughs> my band and my orchestra kids, I, I will miss them tremendously, but I know that whatever decision is made in terms of who goes in front of them, I, I'm confident in what I've instilled in my students that they will continue to achieve incredible things because they're going to do it together and they're going to work together as a family and whoever is in front of them, they're going to make sure that they are successful and that they're welcome and give them the best opportunity to succeed. But do you come back in a year and continue as the director here or this do you is, find a new place for yourself? Well, this is, this is a one-year appointment. Uh, so on on paper, contractually, once this year is done, I will come back and be the director of instrumental studies at King High School. Uh, I think it's I don't think it's fair to to think that there are potential doors that will come open from from this year. Uh, and so, like I said, I don't want to. The plan is absolutely to come back and to be and to be that guy, to be the person back at King. But there could be other opportunities that come up, that become available. But King is your place, right? You went yes. to school here. You've taught here now for a while, and and this is you, home. You, yeah, and you've mentioned that you know you're representing a part of a school system that often gets looked down upon, as opposed mm-hmm. to being held up. Right. So I mean, it must mean something really special to you to be from here and to represent it. Absolutely. And, and the, the desire to come back is is always there, but keeping to the forefront. Where can I make the strongest positive influence and that that literally is the only thing that would keep me that would keep me away from away from here i love king high school i love what it stands for i love what's happening here i love what has come of king high school and i think it's really important that the world sees that what do you want them to see i mean what specifically the phenomenal teaching the incredible students the innovation the the pride culture. I mean, you meet so many people in Tampa who are from King and go Lions. I just met a, a number of them today out at the at the joint principals and supervisors meeting. There was when we were having a commissioners commissioners uh, meeting up in Orlando this past week for the teacher of the year event. One of the people sitting on the board of education, the executive board, is also a graduate from King High School. These are the things that, that we don't know, but that, that needs to get out there that there are people who are we're making eliciting change that are graduating from this school. Pam Bondi, alumni of King High School. Like it's, these are the things that people need to see. So it's more than just an inner city school that you just kind of drive by. Correct. Any last thoughts? I mean, we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot of you, I guess, over the next <laughs> year. And I'm glad that we finally are because, I mean, 
I knew that you were the band director here only because my son goes to plays in the band with the school that works with your school. Absolutely. But now you're like out there big time. And um, do you have any other messages about, you know, what we should expect from you from education, maybe even something bigger than just yourself? Right. I, I My goal is just to be the voice for those who feel like they don't have a voice. And um, something that we talked about at at our gala event was uh, to be disruptive. And a lot of times you hear that word disruptive and it has a very negative connotation. But um, for those who've heard my acceptance speech, I, I mentioned it and I think it, it's time to be disruptive. We're gonna get out there, we're gonna start moving some cheese. I, I, some cheese? Yeah. If you haven't read the book, move, uh, Someone oh, Move oh, My oh. Cheese, yes. And, so, and I kind of throw that around casually, assuming <laughs> other people know the phrase and I have to remember sometimes not everybody has read that book. Uh, but just an opportunity for growth. There is no growth without some discomfort. So I, I look at this as an opportunity to be able to ask those, those stretching questions in order for us to be able to move in an even stronger positive direction. There's so many great things happening in the state of Florida. A lot of things that we don't realize. We're number one in the nation for students enrolled in AP courses, but we're also number three in the nation for students who pass their AP exams. I think that's super significant to know that we have the highest quantity and still there are only two states out of the entire nation that are outperforming us. So what do we need to do to get to those levels with those AP courses? But then also not just putting all our eggs in that AP basket. What are we doing for the opposite end of the spectrum? And so those are those are those questions that I get to ask now and get to get to be that represented that mouthpiece for for our profession. And I'm really looking forward to it. Well, when you get some answers, let us know. <laughs> we'll do. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate or contribute. Please put your comments on our post of this podcast on our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To keep up on the latest Florida education breaking news, visit our blog, www.tampabay.com gradebook. We'd love to hear your ideas for what you think we should be talking about on this podcast, so please either comment and share on our Facebook page, as I mentioned, send an email, jsolochek at tampabay.com, or rate the podcast on one of the services and share it with your friends so other people can also hear what's going on. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>